Age of Valor, Volume 1, Heritage, by D. E. Morris. A full cast production, narrated by Conrad Hetzer. Things were silent for a long time as the trio made their way in the dark, heading toward either a bitter end or an exciting beginning. Ashlyn led the way with torch in hand, while Elos and Kanade followed behind her side by side. Every so often, she would glance over her shoulder at the pair, looking more at Elos than her sister. As sincere as he sounded, and for all she wanted to believe him, Ashlyn was not so easily won over as Kanade. How long has it been since you've been home? Kanade dissolved the silence with her timid question. Elos didn't answer at first, taking the time to think so his reply would be accurate. It's been 13 winters since I've seen the Green Hills of Obias. Soon to be 14 by the feel of the waters. That is a long time to be alone. You're not afraid? At first. I found this place by pure accident. I had been running for nearly six days trying to get away from the shame I brought my family, eating little and sleeping even less. Eventually I found a ship that hired me as a deckhand after I promised to stay down in the galley during the day and only come on deck at night when most everyone had gone to sleep. Once the boat was docked, I just wandered through the port town and eventually out into the woods. The water down here called to me and eventually I was able to find the tunnels. Kanade's brows rose slightly. The water called to you? How? Again, Elos was quiet in his thinking. When he finally ventured an answer... It was slow, and deliberately spoken. It's almost like being cold through and through and nothing can warm you. You search for heat and even the smallest shift in the temperature, the tiniest hint of warmth draws you, and the closer you get, the warmer you feel. When you finally have that source before you or around you and you begin to thaw, you know you're safe. A human's heat is my water. It was a good enough explanation, and Kanade looked thoughtful. Do you feel cold? Is that what land is for you? Sometimes. Elos gave a small shrug. I can be on land in this form, and even as a dragon, but the further I am from water, the more foul my state and the greater my aggravation. He looked at the back of Ashland's head. What is your water? Water is my water. Earth. Elos only nodded as though he'd expected as much for an answer. Looking at Kanade, he studied her face. May I ask you a question? Of course. How... How can you walk on that side of me? Uh, do you want me to walk on the other side? No. I just thought you'd be less disturbed and more comfortable with the human side of my face. Kanade looked over at him, half of her expression masked by the darkness, but the other, highlighted by the torchlight, revealed a smile. I could not be further from disturbed, Elos. You are beautiful in my eyes. The compliment embarrassed Elos and rendered him speechless. Ahead of them, Ashlyn rolled her eyes. She knew Kanade found beauty in everything but to have her warming up to someone who could very well betray them in the end, instead of sticking with her own sister, was downright insulting. 
How much farther? Not far. Elos offered Kanaid a small smile of thanks, only succeeding in brightening her own smile. May I ask you something else? Ask me anything you like. Can you make the fire too? I know you couldn't hear me without touching me, but are you able to do other things? <laughs> yes, but Linny can do much more than I can. She always could. I know I can make fire because I've done it once before. Like her, I can travel through the flames without getting burned. That is the extent of it as far as we know. I think Ashlyn got all the gifts and, to be perfectly honest, it, it doesn't bother me in the least. Because she was firstborn. She did not always have her abilities. At least, that is what we were told. No, she wouldn't till the parent passed, would she? You can't have two of the same elementals at the same time. It'd throw the balance off everything. He pushed his damp hair behind his ear. Was it your mother or your father? Mother. Kanae didn't hesitate in answering, despite the glare tossed over Ashlyn's shoulder. But our father also died when we were very young. I'm sorry. It is sad in its own way, but we were raised by our uncle and his wife, and they were our parents. We never lacked for family or anything, really. Are we finished with the questions? Elos and Kanade looked at each other before falling silent. A light could be seen farther down the tunnel. Is that it? Elos moved a bit faster, walking past Ashlyn. Yes. I will go first, as you said, to survey the situation. Ashlyn's eyes narrowed, showing she was still wary of him and the sudden willingness to do as she'd ordered. Lenny. Kanade put a gentle hand on her sister's arm, eyes asking for trust that was not yet earned. Ashlyn scowled, unhappy with this momentary loss of control, but recognizing the necessity of it. Go. But I swear, if you betray us... You'll kill me. I know. Without waiting for any type of reply, the scales on the dragon side of his face started to spread, and he sank down into the water. Within seconds, he was climbing out and up the incline to the outside, no longer half-human, but all-dragon. Luella had never been so close to Amei without guards in her entire life. Then again, she'd never spent several nights alone in the forest or been outside the palace courtyard in her dragon form either. Yet here she was, no more than a hundred yards from civilization, covered in luminescent black scales. The excitement from all the firsts on her adventure had hardly lost their effect. She lashed her tail as she waited, overjoyed and a little nervous in the knowledge that at any moment... She was going to meet her first dragon. The thought was more than a little amusing, given her current form, but nonetheless thrilling. The head that popped up from the hole in the earth just a few feet away had her flatten herself to the ground, almost like a cat getting ready to pounce. This dragon was a lot smaller than she was expecting, and Luela lifted her neck slightly to peer at him. Elos looked left and right finally seeing the great black dragon as he climbed out of the tunnel completely. My lady? My lady? My lady? Luella would have grinned if she could. You are you a water, water dragon. dragon. Yes. 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 Elos gave a respectful dip of his head. 
and you must certainly are not from Sadia. Correct again, my lady. Luella now looked over his small frame to peer suggestively at the hole from which he'd come. And the others? Will not come out until I can assure them safety. The surprise registered in Luella's eyes. Are you their guardian? What has happened between now and before when they were only petulant children to you? They became human to me. Despite never having been in the situation before, Luella actually did understand. It was one of the cardinal rules of war that the dragon had broken. He'd gotten too close to his enemy. Tell me your name again, my friend. I am Elos McGee of the Bias, from the Celtic Isles. Well, Elos of the Bias, please tell your charges that no harm shall come to them in my presence. I am a neutral party. Down below, Ashland frowned as Elos repeated the last thing the dragon had said to him. Canade looked at her sister as it was translated once again, searching. What do you think, Linny? Should we trust her? No one is simply given my trust. She will have to earn it. With lips set into a thin line of stubborn determination, she took Canade's hand and climbed up the steep incline to the outside. After being in the dark for so long, both of them had to blink several times to adjust their eyes. It was Canade who saw clearly first, and it was she who now froze in wonder more than fright. Oh, Linny. Ashlyn rubbed her eyes once more after throwing her extinguished torch down. When she could finally see clearly, the massive black dragon hulking before them also took her breath away. For a moment, the fear was forgotten, as was the responsibility of keeping herself and her sister safe. She, too, was taken in by the sheer beauty of the ancient beast. My lady. She felt compelled to say, and bowed her head. Canade did the same. Luella's head tilted curiously to the side. They cannot hear me. me. No, no, my lady. Elos moved to stand beside Canade. But I have told them all you have said, and the older one... Ashlyn glanced at the great elemental as she was mentioned. Can hear me. But not to me. Curious. Elos took a quick look at Ashlyn from the corner of his eye. The younger one. She was able to hear me through touch. But perhaps... Ashlyn glared at him, though her head was bowed demurely. Luella only hesitated a moment before stepping forward and lowering her head before Canade. The younger girl stared at her for a moment, dumbstruck, before Elos tucked his head under her hand. Do not be afraid. Not be afraid. She only wishes she only to, wishes speak, to speak, speak and have you hear her. Canade swallowed and nodded. With a quick glance at her sister, Canade lifted her hands and placed them on either side of the great black maw. Do not fear me, child. It was a soft suggestion, but Canade squeezed her eyes shut, and she staggered. This new voice in her head was much more powerful than Elos had been. Canade? There was worry on Ashlyn's face as she tried to brace her little sister. I'm all right. 
She's just a lot bigger than he lost. With that statement, Luella pulled away from Kanade's grasp. She seemed to hesitate for a moment, as if trying to decide how to proceed. Uh, come back. I will be all right. The dragon shook her head. No, no, no. This will this be easier, easier in my human form. She looked pointedly at Elos. But as but I have promised no harm, so too must they make the same bow. I want their word. Elos relayed the request, still touching Kanate's hand. This brought a look of confusion to Ashlyn's face. Why would we harm you? This is neutral ground. If you keep your promise, we will keep ours. You have our word. Wait! All eyes turned to the youngest in the party. She looked down at the dragon beside her. Please? The one word was enough to convey what she wanted, at least to the two flanking her. Elos looked uncertainly at the much bigger dragon, and she simply dipped her head in permission. Forgive, Forgive my, appearance, my appearance, my lady. My lady. My lady. He stepped away from Kanade, so they were no longer touching, already increasing in size. He stood on his hind legs, spine straightening, talons turning into fingers and toes. Again, the scales receded from half of his body, leaving the other like some sort of costume. Kanade's small smile for him was one of encouragement, one that he returned uncomfortably as he stood by her side once more. There was no form of acknowledgement this time, but a look of curiosity from the large dragon. Her tail lashed once before her body began to shrink. The change was much the same as the one they had all just witnessed, but this time black scales disappeared completely to reveal smooth olive skin, long raven hair, and an exquisite black riding dress, making the simple peasant clothes Elos had as well as the sodden clothes the girls wore, seemed paltry in comparison. Within the space of a breath, Ashlyn pulled her sister behind her, standing in a defensive position between Kanade and Luella. Lenny! Luella brought her hands together, deferential before her. You know who I am. Ashlyn's lips were nearly bloodless they were pressed together so tightly. You deceived us! Princess Luella, say you mean us no harm. Ashlyn's green eyes darted from side to side. Where are your men? Let them come forth so that I may burn them to cinders. You do not understand. Luella started taking a step forward. Ashlyn raised a hand, her palm empty one moment, a threatening ball of blue and gold flames there the next. Luella's eyes widened, and the step taken forward was now reversed. You... The fire grew, covering Ashlyn's hand in a warning. Take Kanade. Get her out of here now. He looked at Kanade, his face a mask of scales and confusion. But I... Go! Stop! Luella had everyone's attention with her demand, and what they saw when they looked at her had Ashlyn shocked, speechless. The princess also had a hand raised, holding the same exact type of fire. Ashlyn recoiled, completely stunned. Her own hand began to lower, her flames dying slowly in the process. Will you listen to me now? How? For a moment, it was all Ashlyn could say. I thought I was the only one. I thought I was the only one. 
Luella's fire went out, and a small smile appeared on her face. I can do it sometimes. Ashlyn shook her head, blinking as though this were all some sort of elaborate dream. I don't understand. Besides my sister and me, I have never known another with the ability to summon fire. Have you ever known another elemental? The books say we have many things in common. Luella shook her head. I really mean you no harm. There is so much to explain, so many questions I have for you, and I'm certain answers you need from me. But if you are an elemental... Ashlyn's stature relaxed some, allowing Kinead to come out from behind her. That means Tig was... Her eyes narrowed. But that makes no sense. If he was a dragon, he would have used that to his advantage and destroyed more than men on horses could alone. Luella said nothing, her expression patient and somehow reminding Ashlyn of Wesley. He always had that look when he knew she would figure it out on her own if she really thought about it. And, as Ashlyn did think, her narrowed eyes showed her sudden understanding. Tig was not your father. Luella shook her head. No one knows this. Tig himself did not even suspect. But why tell us? We, I, am the one responsible for his death. You must know that already. I do. But I tell you as a token of my trust in you, that you would allow me to be a part of this. Why? My brother is out for your blood. He truly is Tig's son, even down to his very way of thinking. His way of solving this problem is taking your life as you took the life of his father. An eye for an eye, as they say. I tried to speak with him, tried to dissuade him from starting another war, but he is set in his ways. He is just as stubborn as I am, and I know he is at this very moment hunting for you. He and the captain of his guard will not stop until they find you. Merrick. He has a black soul. I knew that just from the brief time he was inside the church, even the torches quivered under his eye. He is very good at what he does. He was also the chief supporter of the wars my father waged. It was his lust for power, I believe, that sparked the want of it in my father. If you were trying to convince us that Tig was once a great man, I feel it cruel to let you continue. There are no words that would ever convince us of that. He killed our father when we were children. A great man would not slaughter innocent people like sheep, all for the love of power. It was not all for power. There was a legend he sought to prove true. A legend? The legend of the elementals. Lifting a hand, Luella swept her hair from her face. It is said in times of brutal war, the elementals would return to seek revenge upon those that would willfully harm those most innocent. They are the keepers of the peace, but also the giver's warriors. His wrath in tangible form. I have heard a different version of that legend. Elos seemed almost hesitant to share what he knew, simply because of the way Ashland's gaze demanded information. When I was a boy, I was blessed enough to have stories told to me by visiting Elfin Matron. She, along with several other elves, were often in my village, and this particular elf liked to tell us children different tales each time she came. I remember one about the elementals particularly because of the, um, 
enthusiasm with which she spoke. Canade, exhausted and clearly tired of being on her feet, sat on the ground. Luella smiled at the younger girl and did the same, leaving Ashlyn and Elos the only two standing. She said it was written in one of the old scriptures that the giver, the great dragon, as many still call him, once walked upon the earth. It was he who created the elementals, the curious fire makers, to protect the followers of the one god. The elementals were to care for these mortal men, to protect them from harm, but to never interfere with their mission to spread the giver's message of good news and love. Now Ashlyn sat as well, reproachful. I didn't take you to be a follower of the giver, Elos. Does that matter? Anyway, elementals were given the gifts of fire, of mind-speak, and the ability to become like mortals themselves in appearance. Why give them the shifting ability? Because they were to spread the word of the giver as well, and in their elemental form alone, they would be hunted. Though there has not always been a Taig, there has always been someone like him. Someone who believes he should be feared and worshipped by everyone. Every man has his own truth. Who but the great dragon himself is to say that he is the one god to follow? Does not every man in his lifetime dream of power? What makes the great dragon so different from someone like Taig, but that we cannot see him? Ashlyn! Why must you be so confrontational and antagonistic? You are a believer in the giver yourself. Ashland's shoulders rose in a slight shrug. Sometimes. Oh. And who was you prayed to before and after your little suicide mission? Who do you remind me to pray to when I'm either afraid or worried? You cannot choose to believe in him one day and disregard him the next. That would be like believing that a soul can kill you once and not the next time. Excuse me. There will be plenty of time to discuss theology later. If it's all right with you, I would like for Elos to finish so that we may decide upon the next step. What of the gales, Elos? How did they come to be? I suppose they were the offspring of the elementals, the second-born, third- and fourth-born, and so on. And the legends? Oh, yes. The elf said that when all twelve elementals are found and come together... The word of the giver will have been spread according to command, and he will come again to make this world new and to take his followers home to be with him. And those who choose not to believe? Will face the wrath of the giver himself. For a moment, no one said anything more, each processing the tale in their own way. It was Luella who spoke first, a frown on her face. It sounds more like a prophecy than a legend. Ashlyn nodded, agreeing. You believe your father was seeking the elementals because he wanted to see if there was any truth to it? Not at all. I believe he wanted to find the dragons, to slay them, and any offspring they may have. If this legend was proven true, or given too long to spread among the people, there would be less fear in him and more hope in someone else. If he could not destroy the giver, he would destroy those that represented him. That makes sense. Ashlyn's gaze was to the ground. When I was younger, my father told me that Hyg invaded Seness because he was after Kinaid and me. I never understood, even when he tried to explain it to me. But I understand now. Our mother was the elemental dragon of Earth. Making you her heir when she passed. Yes. But if both you and I are direct descendants of the Chosen... Why is it we cannot hear each other? 
For some reason, they all looked at Elos as though he should have the answer. In turn, his eyes widened and his shoulder rose and fell. What makes you think I know? Maybe like the return of the giver. All the elementals have to be together again before it can happen. Every so often, Kanade would say something so completely right that anyone in her company would have been shocked to hear it come from the young girl. She looked around at all the eyes on her. <laughs> what? Well, that makes sense. It has been generations since they have all been together. If a talent goes unused for too long, it eventually goes away. Ashlyn shook her head. I speak to Gales all the time through telepathy. Did you not hear, Elas? Beasts with special abilities. Perhaps the way the elementals communicate with each other is completely different from normal telepathy. Telepathy is not normal. Ashlyn tugged a lock of Kanade's hair and smirked. Only because you can't do it. You would think otherwise if you could. She looked at Luella once more. So you think if we found the others, it would be restored? It is only logical. Blue eyes turned to Elos, a thin line of concentration on Luella's brow. You said twelve elementals. I was taught there were only eight. I was taught six. No, I distinctly remember her saying twelve, because I always heard after that there were only eight. Briac would know. Kanae chewed on her bottom lip as Ashlyn squeezed her shoulder. Was Brioch your third? Ashlyn nodded. He stayed behind to let us escape. We all knew that Marek was out there. And that my brother would join him shortly. It was brave of him to stay behind. He must have loved you very much. Kanae offered no reply, but Ashlyn gave a small smile of thanks. The best thing we can do now. So get as far away from here as possible. We are going back to Seness. Ashlyn stood to brush her clothes off. If your brother means to engage us in battle, it is where we should be. We will be strongest in our own land. I agree. There are ships going in and out of Ome all the time. At least so I've been told. It should not be too hard to find one sailing for your homeland. There was an odd expression on the human side of the water dragon's face. As Luella and Ashlyn discussed how to best approach finding a ship, Kanade stood and went to him. It, you look sad. Elos frowned. I cannot say for certain what I am. He looked at Kanade, a strange mixture of emotion in his gaze. It feels like my world has been turned upside down. For so long I've been alone, and then you and your sister come along. Not only do I converse with another living being, but I also share this human side of me. And then I end up in the presence of not one, but two elemental dragons. He attempted a smile, but failed halfway through. I'm afraid my life will seem rather dull for a while after this. I almost feel as if I've made a friend. <laughs> oh, but you did! Kanae took his right hand between both of hers. You lost your deed. And Lenny, she will be a different person when she's home. She always is. She is protective of you. Elos looked at their hands together. I cannot falter that. Come with us. Elos blinked, 
startled by the suggestion, and Kinaid nodded. Come with us. Uh, I... Uh, that would be impossible. He pulled his hand back, frowning. I have not been to the Isles for too long, and I haven't changed. They won't want me now any more than they did then. Kinaid was not so easily dissuaded. Then you will stay with us in Senes. The people there are embracing, Elas. They will look on you as a kindred, and, and not what it is you've convinced yourself that you are. You will be among your own kind again. You will have friends and a family. A family? It is what we are there. <laughs> we are family. Look out for and take care of one another. Elas took a long moment to consider, and when he spoke, his tone was hesitant. Will you stay with me, or let me stay with you? The smile that spread across Kinaid's lips was spectacular. <laughs> yes! <laughs> then I will go with you. His tone was begrudging, as though he had lost a bet and now had to pay up. You may need added protection anyway. Surprising everyone, Kinaid squealed in delight and threw her arms around Elos. He was shocked to the point of not moving, especially when he saw the guarded way Ashlyn now looked at them. It will be wonderful. Kinaid was whispering, seemingly unbothered by the fact she was embracing a stone statue. I promise. Kinaid. She let go of Elos and turned to look at her sister, just as Luela was leaving the group. Luela has gone to find someone to get us dry clothing and safe passage from here. To home? Eventually. There may be other stops along the way, depending on the vessel. But we will get there. I suggested using fire, but that is no longer an option. Because Elos is coming with us. Do not put yourselves in more danger than is required. Especially on my account. His gaze flickered between the two sisters. I can cross the sea on my own, and much faster than any ship you find. Or I will stay here. I will do what is required, if only you will keep your safety in mind. Kinaid began to say something, but it was Ashton that argued his chivalry. I am keeping our safety in mind. And yours. If the prince somehow finds out you helped us and catches you, he will kill you without a second thought. If we use fire to travel, he will see the scorch marks left behind, and know we are not normal gales. If I shift and fly us home, it would be the same as becoming a living target for an archery contest. And the princess? This made Ashlyn frown. It would be going against her very nature to simply accept this stranger into the fold. Yet what choice did she have? It was a stern reminder to herself that trust was not the same as acceptance that she spoke. By aiding us, she knows her life is now forfeit as well. If and when her brother finds out what she is, he will kill her anyway. The burdens of the father are always placed on the child when the father is no longer there to bear them. But she is his sister. It does not matter. Blood loses to power every time. So now we stick together. We protect each other, no matter the cost. And when we are home again? When we are home... Ashlyn looked at her sister with determination. When we are home, we will seek counsel, regroup, 
and put an end to this war before it has a chance to even begin.